He totally denies it. He says it didn't happen. And, you know, you have to listen to him also. Sure. You gotta listen to everyone. Well, they're of the right party anyway. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck From in Pacifica the Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK, 90.7 FM in LA, up in Oregon on 91.7 KYAQ on the Central Coast, 106.7 KSO in Cottage Grove. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 92.9 WLRI. In Maui, Hawaii on 88.5 KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1. In Palinville, New York on 102.9 WLPP. In Grand Rapids, Michigan on WPRR. In New Orleans on WHIV 102.3. And in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950 KTNF. We are also heard coast-to-coast and around the globe every day, streaming on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, Detour Talk, Radio Sputnik, and many other fine affiliates, both terrestrial and streaming on the internets. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com thank you very much for joining us oh speaking of troublemakers and muckrakers uh coming up concerns about wait for it computer vote tabulation in next week's special election for the u.s senate in alabama between democrat doug jones and the republican nominee roy moore who has been accused by some eight women of having molested them when they were teenagers Uh, Those concerns from election integrity advocates um, has led them now to uh, some of them to attempt to force the state to implement a provision in the computer tabulators. They vote on hand-marked paper ballots in Alabama, um, but those ballots are tabulated by computer scanners, either correctly or incorrectly. Who knows? Without human oversight, there's no way to know. Um, The election integrity advocates... Specifically, our friend John Brakey has been uh, trying to force the state of Alabama uh, to turn on, uh, just to turn on a switch. There's a little switch they can turn on that may make things, uh, if not safer, at least a little bit easier for the public to oversee whatever the reported results will be next Tuesday night. We will discuss those concerns and what is uh, being done about it at this late hour, just a week before the election, with my guest John Brakey coming up shortly. Also, Desi Doyen will be here with the Green News Report with the distressing news about Trump rolling back, boy, uh, rolling back public lands, uh, national monuments. Yep, shrinking national monuments, monuments, your public lands, just like we warned you he was going to do. Yep, uh, there's that. And uh, this story that has been uh, breaking out today, a terrible story just north here of Los Angeles. uh, Ferocious overnight Santa Ana winds coming 
in from the desert, these uh, hot, ferocious winds uh, coming in from the desert and blowing out to the ocean out here in Los Angeles uh, has sparked explosive wildfires northwest of Los Angeles and in the city's foothills here. Um, it, they have uh, already burned a psychiatric hospital, scores of homes on Tuesday, and forced the evacuation of tens of thousands of people. One of the blazes in Ventura County, uh, sort of the next county over from uh, Los Angeles County, grew uh, wildly to some 70 square miles in a matter of hours with winds clocked at uh, well over 60 miles per hour that grounded firefighting helicopters and planes. Desi, they could not even they couldn't do even their fly. usual firefighting. Yeah. Right, and, and this also happened at night, which means it's extra dangerous for residents. People had to be, firefighters went door to door overnight, 4 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, yelling at people to get out of their homes as quickly as they could. CNN was, uh, was reporting the fire as traveling so fast it was chewing up an acre a second mm. to put that into perspective a football field is about a, a one and a third a, of an acre and so okay. that would be a football field every couple of seconds you cannot outrun that the uh so far uh, the, some 45,000 more than 45,000 acres uh in Ventura County have been uh set ablaze uh, and has destroyed 150 structures as we go to air. Actually, it's been an hour or so since I've been able to look at that. That's probably higher by now. There's been some 27,000 people forced to evacuate. Other fires are also breaking out in the area. One right on the northern edge of Los Angeles here is threatening several neighborhoods, and uh, residents there had to scramble to get out as smoke uh, billows over the city, creating a health hazard for millions. Uh, all of these numbers will definitely be going up in the hours ahead as fire officials uh, report that that blaze is spreading very quickly. It is nowhere near being contained at this point with these fierce, warm and very dry winds uh, predicted to continue until Thursday, I believe. Yeah, this is the longest and uh, biggest wind event in uh, Southern California this year. It's uh, going to be a multi-day event. Uh, Los Angeles County Fire Chief Daryl Osby said that they are in an extreme firefight after a very warm and dry summer. Fuels are at critical levels, and they are very explosive. And just by way of reminder here, if this is the worst wind event of the year in California. Uh, is that California or Southern California that uh, be actually California. California. Well, that files. Keep in mind the wildfires that uh, broke out just weeks ago in Northern California, in uh, in wine country, killing 44 people, destroying some 9,000 homes and other buildings. Um, and this uh, wind event is supposed to be worse than that. So uh, so far, no deaths have been reported to my knowledge. Uh, is that still It, it seems still to true? be some question as to whether there is. So uh, the last I checked that there was, uh, that was not confirmed yet, but somebody may have been killed in a car accident fleeing the fire. Aerial footage shows uh, dozens of homes right now uh, in neighborhoods burned to the ground, uh, similar to those pictures from Northern California. Uh, it looks a lot like that, that fire that those fires that happened just weeks ago. And this comes all comes after the Republican Senate approved its massive tax giveaway to the wealthy that also happens to cut the tax deductions, the tax credits that people were able or currently able to take for rebuilding after these catastrophic fires and earthquakes like this. 
but notably uh, not after floods and hurricanes that tend to hit so-called Republican states like Texas and Florida. Those will still stay in, according to the uh, according to the legislation that was just passed by the U.S. Senate. So if you're lucky enough to live in a Republican state that gets hit by floods and hurricanes, you're fine. But if you live in a Democratic-led state that has uh, fires like this and earthquakes, well, I guess you're out of luck. Unless perhaps you live in, say, Oklahoma or Texas, where wildfires like these have killed people. So, sorry guys, you're in a red state, but Republicans don't care about you. Yeah, the uh, smaller fire uh, currently on the northern edge of L.A. is uh, estimated to be more than six miles square uh, and also had burned homes as well. About 2,500 homes there were evacuated. And uh, almost 200,000 customers in Ventura County lost power. The school and the districts were closed. Uh, firefighting efforts uh, have been hampered as well when pumping stations lost power. Right. See, because, you know, when you have overhead transmission lines and overhead mm. power lines, yeah. those overhead power lines have a tendency to get knocked down in wind events, which can spark fires. And when your transmission lines are overhead, they also are vulnerable. Seems like a good idea to start thinking about maybe burying those power lines. Well, we would need money to do that. And that's what's being cut from the budget, from the taxes. So uh, good luck. Good luck, all of us. All right. Um, Besieged by allegations of sexual harassment, Democratic Congressman John Conyers resigned from Congress on Tuesday, bringing an abrupt end to the civil rights leader's nearly 53-year career on Capitol Hill. The 88-year-old Conyers becomes the highest-ranking member of Congress to be brought down by the sexual misconduct allegations that have toppled All sorts of powerful men from uh, Hollywood to the media to politics in recent weeks. While continuing to deny any wrongdoing, Conyers announced that uh, what he referred to as his retirement on uh, on a Detroit talk radio show calling in from a hospital where he was taken last week after complaining of lightheadedness as all of these allegations began to break. He endorsed his son, John Conyers III, to succeed him. Conyers was first elected in 1964. He went on to become a founding member of the Congressional Black Caucus in 1971. He has easily won election after election. Uh, Last year, he was elected to his 27th term in the uh, heavily Democratic district. Until Tuesday, he was the longest-serving current member of Congress, but amid a drumbeat of allegations that he groped or sexually harassed women who worked for him, uh, he faced growing calls to resign from colleagues in the House, including Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi. Conyers uh, said of the allegations in resigning that whatever they are, they are not accurate. He says they are not true, and I think they're something that I can't explain where they come from. Nonetheless, several women who worked for the congressman over his many years in the House have come forward in recent days with allegations um, over a series of years by the man who has long been regarded as a civil rights champion in the House, having led the Democrats on the House Judiciary Committee for many years, uh, serving as the last member left in Congress who actually voted for the original Voting Rights Act back in 1965, Also, he should be remembered uh, by the 15-year struggle 
that he uh, eventually successful struggle to establish the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. birthday as a federal holiday. That was back in 1986. Also, his district in uh, district office in Detroit employed civil rights legend Rosa Parks for more than two decades. One of his accusers had reached a confidential taxpayer-funded settlement some years ago of more than $27,000 over allegations that he had sexually harassed her. That settlement came to light in mid-November. It set off a cascade of allegations against him. Conyers said in a statement read Tuesday on the floor of the U.S. House by Texas Democrat uh, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee that he was resigning, quote, to preserve my legacy and good name. Word of Conyers resignation was met with some sadness among House Democrats, even though many had called for him to step down. Uh, it'll now be up to Michigan Governor Rick Snyder to set a date for a special election to uh, select someone to serve out the remaining year in Conyers two year term. Michigan State Senator Ian Conyers, a grandson of Conyers' brother, said that he plans to run for the seat. So there could be a Conyers versus Conyers uh, primary to replace Conyers, <laughs> I guess, at this point. Uh, uh, Congress uh, Congresswoman uh, Pramila J- Jayapal of Washington, a Democrat, said, I think we lose our moral authority if we also don't call out those we love who have done things that are bad, I think we have have to recognize and be able to hold the dueling possibilities that somebody can be a great man and have done great things for our country and for civil rights, but also have done terrible things that require accountability. Meanwhile, across the aisle in the uh, U.S. House of Representatives, Texas Congressman Blake Farenthold who used $84,000 in taxpayer uh, money to settle with a former aide who sued him for sexual harassment in 2014. He says he'll take out a loan to pay back that money to uh, to the Congress or something. Farron told, told a uh, Corpus Christi television station this week that he plans to take out a personal loan to repay the government, a, few, uh, a move that... Uh, that would be unprecedented under the 1995 Congressional Accountability Act, which governs workplace disputes against lawmakers and their staffs. The four-term Texas congressman has also denied any wrongdoing. His former spokesperson, uh, spokeswoman had alleged in a 2014 federal lawsuit that the congressman made sexually suggested remarks And along with uh, top staff members, created a hostile work environment. She alleged that he retaliated against her when she complained about it. In his response to Green's complaint, Farenthold said that he was uh, that she was fired for, quote, poor performance. I want to be clear that I didn't do anything wrong, he said, but I also don't want the taxpayers to be on the hook for this. Um, and by the way, he is uh, he's a millionaire. His uh, his net worth is estimated at uh, more than almost six million dollars, according to the Center for Responsive Politics, which ranked him the 72nd wealthiest lawmaker in the House. So why he's gone out of his way to tell the media that he would need to take out a loan uh, to repay all of this is a bit unclear. Well, maybe he doesn't expect the media to report the follow-up, which is, oh, by the way, he's a millionaire. It kind of sounds like, oh, he's got to take out Poor a loan. Poor man, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, nonetheless, to my knowledge, unlike on the Democratic side with Conyers um, and others, no Republican lawmakers, to my knowledge, have called for Farenthold to step down, to my knowledge. And speaking of Republicans who don't seem to have a problem with, uh, with sexual harassment and much worse, a woman who said that Republican Alabama Senate candidate Roy Moore dated her when she was 17 and he was 34 years old. Ugh said that she uh, recently found new evidence of their relationship. According to the Washington Post, Debbie Wesson Gibson said she found a scrapbook in her attic last week with a graduation card she said is from Moore, written to her during her senior year of high school, back when he was a, uh, a, a, a local district attorney. Happy graduation, Debbie, the card read. I wanted to give you this card myself. I know that you'll be a success in anything you do. And it was signed, Roy. Gibson is one of the first batch of women who said that Moore pursued them when they were teenagers for other women. For a total of eight now have since come forward accusing the GOP candidate of touching them inappropriately. Moore has denied all of the allegations, recently claiming he does not know any of the women, despite the evidence that suggests he does know them or did at one point know them. That assertion in particular is what led Gibson to go public with her latest piece of evidence. Uh, she said Roy Moore made an egregious mistake to attack that one thing, my integrity. Uh, it should be noted that a lot of these women in Alabama have said they were they are Republicans. They voted for Donald Trump, and yet they are still calling out Roy Moore in advance of next week's U.S. Senate election, calling the uh, allegations against Moore Incidents that occurred decades ago. Senator Orrin Hatch, Republican of Utah, told reporters that the president of the United States had no choice but to endorse more. According to uh, Bloomberg, uh, Hatch told reporters who were traveling with uh, with President Trump to Utah on Monday, he said, I don't think he had any choice but to do that. He needs every Republican he can get so he can put his agenda through. So that's the only Republican you can possibly get down there. He had no choice but to endorse him, I guess. Well, you know, when I, money I, counts more than, I don't know, individual integrity, safety of children, stuff like that, then you've got to do what you've got to do to get those tax cuts. Upon the initial news that multiple women had come forward with these allegations against Moore, uh, Hatch and several Republican leaders in Congress said that if the allegations were true, Moore should step aside. But Hatch has now walked that back. Many of the things he allegedly did are decades ago. So it's hard to uh, that's a decision that has to be made by the people in that state, said Hatch. If they make that decision, who are we to question them? Well, initially adamant that Moore should step aside, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Republican of Kentucky, also made similar comments over the weekend, saying the people of Alabama should decide Moore's fate. The White House was also careful to distance itself from Moore originally, but uh, Trump all out endorsed the embattled candidate on uh, Monday in a tweet and in a phone call saying, go get him, Roy. Uh, that's what Trump told Moore in the phone call, according to uh, according to Moore's campaign. And with that, the Republican National Committee itself, which had previously pulled its resources from the race, 
Following the initial allegations, they announced they are all back in, all in, for the accused child molester in Alabama, the Republican National Committee. They're all in. Uh, That was easy. Trump, uh, who had himself more than a dozen women accuse him of sexual assault before he was nominated by the Republican National Committee and elected as president. Uh, They all they all they all go all in uh, along with the rest of the party. And and they all just, you know, follow in line. Family values. Yeah, there you go. So uh, they're in. uh, And that, by the way, comes after here was the statement from uh, Uh, After the RNC had initially cut off its own fundraising and its ties to more, um, the uh, RNC chairwoman, Ronna Romney McDaniels, uh, said at the time that the recent allegations against Judge Moore are deeply troubling and he should step aside if there's any truth to them at all. But uh, they have now reversed course on the same day that Mitt Romney, the chairwoman's uncle, And 2012 uh, GOP presidential nominee denounced Moore and said that there was no place for him in the party. Romney had tweeted uh, just yesterday, Roy Moore in the U.S. Senate would be a stain on the GOP and on the nation. He said that the uh, that the victims of Moore are courageous heroes. He says no vote, no majority is worth losing our honor, our integrity. Well, I guess. That notion is no longer operative for his own niece or his own Republican Party. I wonder if Mitt Romney will ever figure that out. Uh, And, um, well, uh, nonetheless, with all of that, voters are now heading to the polls. And once again, the question of whether their votes will be counted, counted accurately and in a way that we can all know that they've been counted accurately, whether Democratic, uh, Republican, everyone else in Alabama or elsewhere in such an important election under these circumstances. Uh, That question about whether we can know if the results are accurate is a concern to election integrity advocates today ahead of the December 12th election. And we will talk about that next with my guest, John Brakey, on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast, both brought to you without corporate or political influence, because we rely on you to help keep us completely independent. Please drop by bradblog.com donate today and help us stay on your public airwaves. That's bradblog.com donate. You'll thank yourself later. I'll thank you now. Don't tell my heart, my eggy breaky heart. I just don't think he'd understand. <laughs> and if you tell my heart, my Aggie breaky heart, he mightn't blow up and kill this man. Yeah. That means John Brakey must be standing by. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Last week on this program, we spoke with Karen McKim, an election integrity expert up in Wisconsin who detailed uh, what happened when she and other multi-partisan election integrity a- experts filed public records requests to finally have a hand count of just some of the hand-marked paper ballots from last year's presidential election up in Wisconsin. They found in the state where Trump is said to have won by just 22,000 votes out of some 3 million casts, that is less than a 1% 
uh, less than one percentage point over Hillary Clinton. It was an upset victory for Republicans in a state that they had not won for decades. They found that anywhere from 2% to 6% of perfectly valid hand-marked paper ballots in Wisconsin, at least in the precincts that they looked at, were not tallied at all by the optical scan voting systems used on both election night and in the so-called recount shortly thereafter, as paid for by Green Party presidential candidate Jill Stein. Wisconsin is one of the states that allows election officials to retabulate paper ballots with the same computer tabulators that tallied them in the first place during a so-called recount, either correctly or incorrectly. Who knows, unless one bothers to actually count those paper ballots by hand. McKim and others were forced to pay for that hand count themselves, only after months of waiting to see their public records request approved just before the Thanksgiving holiday. And, of course, they could only afford to count a handful of precincts um, up in Racine County, Wisconsin, one of 57 municipalities in the state which had used two decade-old optical scanners, which were finally decertified by the state of Wisconsin just this past September, after the state election commission finally acknowledged that the machines uh, don't tabulate ballots at all if the voter used the wrong type of pen to fill in the bubbles on the paper ballot. Though such errors would have and, in fact, were obvious when human observers were able to see some of those ballots during the so-called recount after the election, uh, the state certified and uh, these obviously flawed tallies in 2016 in both the original count and the so-called recount in the uh, in the GOP run state anyway. Meanwhile, down in Alabama, the U.S. Senate special election between Republican Roy Moore and Democrat Doug Jones is set for next week, December 12. And with final passage of the Republicans trillion dollar tax bill in Congress at stake with a very narrow margin in the U.S. Senate, the GOP needs every vote they can possibly muster there. Apparently, even if it means electing a man who had some eight women step forward to say that they were sexually assaulted or molested by Roy Moore when they were teenagers. President Trump offered a full-throated endorsement for Moore on Monday, and the Republican National Committee quickly followed suit by restoring people and funding on the ground in Alabama after they had pulled those resources following the initial allegations against Moore. But now, once again, Republicans are all in in Alabama, it seems, as Moore has reportedly regained a lead over Jones in recent polling in Alabama. Votes are cast on hand-marked paper ballots. Well, that's good, but they're cast just like in much of the state of Wisconsin. So will the ballots be tallied accurately next week by that state's computer scanners? If so, how will anybody know? And if not, how will anybody know that? As ever, public oversight is the key to election integrity. But if officials won't allow the public to see the ballots with optical scanners, counting them at a speed of hundreds per minute in many cases and and using various means to prevent the public from seeing ballots at all until at least months after the election at best, 
Uh, well, that would be plenty of time for Republicans to jam through their $1.5 trillion tax scheme through Congress that will shift huge billions, if not trillions, amounts of uh, dollars from the from the middle class to the rich in a generational shift of the American economy. Well, it, with all of that, with all of those stakes as high as they are for Republicans, what can any of us do right now to assure some kind of oversight of this uh, special U.S. Senate election? One way argues my guest today, is digital ballot images that will be created by most of the scanners used in Alabama. But of course, those ballot images are only useful if the public is at least allowed to view those, if not the ballots themselves. And that can only happen if the state actually creates and retains those digital ballot images in the first place. Here to explain all of this is longtime election integrity champion, John Brakey, the executive director and co-founder of Audit AZ, which stands for Americans United for uh, for Democracy, Integrity and Transparency in Arizona. But it is spreading to the entire nation where he has been watchdogging elections and election officials for many years now, driving them crazy. He is now uh, rolling down to Alabama today in advance of the election. He's a longtime friend of Bradblog.com and the Bradcast and can be seen as one of the stars, one of the heroes, really, of the documentary film Fatally Flawed, The Pursuit of Justice in a Suspicious Election. That's a film by J.T. Waldron about the years-long fight by a transpartisan coalition in Pima County, Arizona, that's Tucson, to attempt to verify the results of a suspicious bond election in Tucson, the infamous 2006 Rapid Transit Authority bond issue election, and uh, the amazing years-long battle along the way for transparency, verifiable election results in that election. John Brakey, sir, welcome back to the broadcast, my friend. Well, it's a pleasure, Brad. Many years we go back, don't we? We we do. We go back too many years, but I'm glad that uh, there are still folks like you all over the country still fighting this good fight. And I know you're heading down to Alabama. Uh, so I want to ask you uh, specifically about what you plan to do down there on the ground to try and help oversee next Tuesday's uh, U.S. Senate election. But you have been communicating with Alabama's state election director, Ed Packard, as I understand it, about ballot images, ballot images created by the optical scan ballot tabulators that are used across much of the state of Alabama. They'll be used in that election next week. So let me start here, John. What exactly is a ballot image? Well, first off, is it's not a optical scanner. It's a digital scanner. Okay. Opticals bounce light off of by using LEDs and left no evidence behind at all. Digital scanners, when your ballot goes into the machine, it does not count that ballot. It takes a picture of the ballot. And then if you're using the DS-200, it will do 12 ballots per minute. Mm -hmm. If you use the DS-850, it does 300. The minute that second that ballot goes into the machine, it takes a picture and then creates a cast vote record. 
If the cast vote record fails, it rejects the ballot. So, so this is like you're, you're talking about the DS-200, the uh, DS-850. These are systems that are made by uh, ESNS, one of the uh, one of the vendors yeah. who makes these uh, voting systems. So it actually it works kind of like a copier where it just takes a picture of the ballot and then the software rather than counting the ballot it it counts it tallies the the image that the that the system has taken of the paper That's ballot exactly the case and these are hand marked yes. paper ballots that are that are used uh, across the state of Alabama correct totally 100% okay so 80% of the state now has the new system and the old system they have is the ESNS M100 Oh, and those have had problems over the years, as I recall. Uh, in any oh, huge, huge. I'll tell you, Brad, it's incredible because of what happened in Wisconsin just came out, that they had an error rate of 30% in some counties. Oh, yeah, no, That's I know. incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We talked about it yeah. on this program as well, that they d- went and did a, a yeah. count of the paper ballots that were not, that they would not let them count by hand during the attempted yeah. uh, uh, recount, Jill Stein's attempted recount of the presidential election. Yeah, they found all kinds of That's errors right. when I they was actually there. I was involved in that. Right? Uh, I spent three weeks up there, and I took up with me my new best buddy, a very famous attorney named uh, Chris Sutter. He was the election attorney who handled the uh, Minnesota recount, and he was also in the room in 2000 when they made that dumb decision he advised them not to do. Uh, which uh, dumb decision? Guy. Oh, to uh, when uh, Al Gore ended up uh, conceding back in 2000, even though there was mistakes on the voting well, system? Well, they should have uh, filed an equal protection, and they should not have tried to handpick the counties. They should have done the whole state because that was their right okay but let's not go back to 2000 on this john let's figure out what's going on in alabama for a second uh so uh, about 80 percent of the uh of the scanners as i understand in alabama actually create this ballot image and the conversation you've been having with the alabama state election director ed packard is you would like to make sure that those ballot images are preserved so that they can be examined after the election. Am I correct about that? Absolutely. Well, what he said was this, is when I originally called, he kind you know, they do what they always do. We never turn that feature on. Well, the reality is it doesn't work unless it's on. And then when he realized I was an expert, he then said, well, at least we are saving the write-ins, because on these machines, there's three settings. It comes with, you save all. Mm-hmm. You couldn't just save only the write-in votes, right? or you can say, save none. And what happens is, is when you save none, it collects all the images in the RAM in temporary memory, and when you shut the machine down, it destroys them. So l- let me make sure I understand that. There are settings on these scanners that the ballots go through, and they can choose to either uh, preserve all of the ballot images or only preserve right. them on uh, when there's when there's a write-in on the ballot. That's right. Why would they or not? Why why would they not uh, preserve these ballot images on all of the ballots, John Brakey? Well, I think it's a pretty simple reason: is they're protecting the right to cheat now or in some future election down the line. You won't believe what I went through in Alabama to find out about these images. You know, I just had canvassed. You know, I did Georgia. 
I did, uh, you know, uh, Virginia, and, uh, and, you know, you could see how things are handled. Virginia, uh, they call them digital scanners, mm-hmm. and they call the old ones opticals. Okay? Right. And in uh, Alabama, the only thing I could find was in an article that somebody says, gee, I don't know why they don't turn those images on. So, but they didn't tell you, when you talk to Ed Packard, he didn't say, well, we're not turning them on because we want to reserve the right to cheat at some point. Did he no, give you no, some... absolutely. Right. right. So what, did he give you some reason why they don't just turn these things on? Uh, he didn't really elaborate, but I'll say this. He's been a good man to deal with. He's been up front with me, and I know that he's trying, supposedly, to get the Secretary of State to see it our way because we know that they're violating state law and federal law. Because just like in the case we had in Pima County, let me tell you what my judge said when he described the problem. In that case, he said, you know, I'm not computer literate. But let me ask you this question, Pima County. If you take voted ballots and then you photocopy the voted ballots and you use the photocopies to count the vote, what makes you think you can destroy them? They're in the chain of custody. Doesn't that make sense to you, Brad? Uh, well, it doesn't matter whether it makes sense to me. I know in that case, you guys had uh, fought for years to try to count those ballots. You're talking about Pima County, Arizona, uh, yeah. fights over uh, another guess, case. Yeah the, the, yeah, the 2006 election that you spent years trying to actually oversee. So here is Nine let's years. let's I know John. Let's jump to the chase here. Uh, you're trying to get them to turn on ballot images for all of these systems so that people can then, I guess, download those images and check them at home if they want, count them themselves. But why, since we have paper ballots in Alabama, and especially in this case where you've got a special election, there's just one uh, contest on that ballot, one contest, two candidates. I mean, you can take these paper ballots and put them into two stacks, you know, and uh, separate them by candidate and be done counting in about 10 minutes. Why why are these ballot images even important at all? Because you cannot get at the original ballots. They will not let you touch them. And in order to get to them, you have to prove fraud first. And how are you going to prove fraud if you can't get to the ballots? That's the catch-22. The ballot images are a tool to get us to the originals. Because, like I said, I'm a purist. I want to get at the originals, okay? And these ballot images are the next best thing. And, by the way, like I said, that's what the machine counts. And they don't have to turn it on. It doesn't work unless it's on. That's what they say. That they don't even turn on that switch. And I'm, you're right. I'm looking at a document here, a letter that you sent to Ed Packard, showing how easy it is for them to just say, yes, turn these on. And then... I guess uh, what you're saying is you or other election integrity uh, advocates could then ask to see, since they won't let you see the paper ballot, they should, in theory, let you see the paper ballot, uh, the the image, the ballot image of that ballot. Right, and what we want to eventually see in this country, believe it or not, is that if we're going to go this way until we can someday get to the hand counting, I like to see federal elections all by themselves someday and let the states compete against that, but we're not there. Right now, these ballot images could be put up online by precinct, and you can have a cast vote record in an Excel. You could open up the Excel, and you could run your own math, and then you should be able to hit a hyperlink and look at the image. And then when we get all done, you're still not done. Then you need to go ahead and use a method, randomly pick images, and then go back to the boxes and match them up. 
when, when you, count them, and, match them. And when you say match them, you're talking about uh, because there are serial numbers on some of these ballot images, you can then go back and match them to the actual ballot? Vote by mail ballot? on the 850, you yeah. bet. And that's the big problem in this country. Vote by mail is taken over. And, and so you're fighting for this. I know you've been fighting for ballot images all over the country. Other election integrity advocates have been doing so as well since so many of these scanners have this uh, capability. But uh, you, you would agree that this is sort of second best to actually counting the actual ballot. Um, but of course, Brad. but the yes. problem, but, but the problem is they just won't let actual citizens get a look at those ballots until months and months later. Yes, this we can have instantly. Will there, what the machine counted? Will there be any hand counting that you know of any ballots uh, cast in the Roy Moore Doug Jones U.S. Senate special election next week, or does that only happen in the event of a challenge and a? and a so-called uh, recount, John Brakey. Even if there's a recount, Brad, what are they going to do? They're going to run the same ballots through the same machine and get the same results that Karen got. You're talking about Karen McKim uh, up in Wisconsin, where we had her on the show a few days ago. You can download it from bradblog.com, where they went back and they counted several precincts in Racine County, Wisconsin, uh, just just a week or two ago from the 2016 presidential election, and they found that there was all kinds of uncounted uh, ballots, anywhere from 2% to, I think it was 6% uh, in this incredibly cl- close race up in Wisconsin, a presidential election, and those ballots, they did not even allow them to count by hand even during the recount of that presidential election. Only till you hand count and look at it and get voters' intent. And by the way, there are problems on the ballot in this election. Believe it or not, I can send you the ballot, and you'll see vote for Roy Moore, Republican, or vote for Doug Jones, Democrat. And then they have another box, vote straight Democrat or vote straight Republican. So it's... Uh, Does that sound like maybe a little bit of problem there? Yeah, just a little bit of confusion. And, and what happens is if they vote for, let's say, Roy Moore and they vote for straight Republican, will they... Will they accept that ballot, or will it be tossed out? Will it be an overvote? Yeah. I know. It's incredible. It really is. And you'll never know unless you can look at it. Just like those clerks in that one county in Wisconsin had a 30% undervote, but there was no procedure to go back and look. Right. They knew when they did these counts that there was this problem, but they just let them go. They certified them as is. Uh, John, i got just a minute or so here. What do you intend to do on the ground in Alabama, how are you even able to oversee this process? Or are you just going out there to drive them all crazy like, like you do all over the country, John? Well, you know, I'm pretty good at that, aren't I? Yes, you know, you my are. job is to go in and take away their impunity to steal. And how do I do that, Brad? I make them paranoid that somebody who knows what they're <laughs> looking at is watching. I will train people over the weekend. We will cover different counties and mostly the receiving stations watching how the chain of custody works, because chain of custody is everything in the election. Right. And, uh, and then figure out and write a report afterwards of what we see, because every time I go into these states, I learn more. We've got 50 states with 50 dysfunctional-type election systems. We do indeed. And we really do. And, and, and you have been overseeing many of them for years and years, fighting for transparency any way possible. 
Uh, John, I hope you'll stay in touch uh, throughout the week and throughout the uh, Tuesday election, and then Lord knows whatever mess we're dealing with thereafter. But I greatly appreciate your efforts here. Uh, and uh, hold their feet to the fire out there, John. And if I could say one other thing, Brad, sure. is this, and to your listeners, you are a treasure. <laughs> we need to do everything we can to support you. you. You know, I go back to your site all the time. I listen to your show at least three to four times a week, and I go back and then pull things off. You've been a great teacher to all of us. Yeah. People out there, please help Brad. Support <laughs> him. We need independent media and a voice of somebody who knows what he's talking about when he talks to us. You're very kind, John Brakey. Any, any place that we can send folks to help you and your efforts, not just with Audit AZ, but uh, with the Alabama race and everything that's going to happen in 2018? Well, I would say the best place is, is my Facebook, John Robert Brakey. Okay. Write me on Facebook. Uh, our old site is Election Nightmares, and it's getting modified right now back to Audit AZ, and then eventually go Audit USA. And then we'll have a PayPal up there because, you know, this whole thing I'm going to do is going to cost a pretty penny. Yeah, I know it and, is. Uh, and I need small donations to be able to make it happen. And so if you can give, please support us because we need the help. You know, I uh, don't go pro bono with attorneys uh-huh. because what you get with pro bono is not very good. I cut deals and uh, get reduced price because I do simple cases. This case is about one thing. It's about stopping them from uh, basically stopping them from destroying the images in the court and the judge. It's a mandamus type act. And basically the, you say to the judge, Your Honor, could you please tell these people to follow the law? And That's so, so this, case, case. this case is currently in court, John, uh, 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 waiting for... Filed. No later than Wednesday, we'll probably be in court because on a TRO, you're within three days. You get maybe a 15, 30-minute. We'll probably win it very easily because the evidence we have is it's a federal election, and under federal law, you must save everything for 22 months. If this was an envelope that you mailed your vote in and your signature was there, they would have to save it. And so the judge will decide. The judge will decide whether to order, basically order counties uh, that have this feature to turn it on and to preserve those ballot images yeah. if you're successful. That's what we're hoping. Good. But if we don't wind up doing it, we're going to educate a lot of people. We figure when this thing breaks, it should go widespread. Brad, forty-five percent of the country has it. Sixty percent by the 2018. By 2020, eighty-five percent of all the scanners in this country will be digital. Thank God. And, well, we'll see, and we'll see if they turn on the ballot images. John Brakey, John Roberts Brakey over at Facebook, executive director and co-founder of Audit AZ. Uh, Thanks, John. Good luck in Alabama. Stay in touch, my friend. Will do, sir. Thank you. You bet. I love John. Uh, (laughs) Colorful, indefatigable. Uh, he's working in Arizona, in uh, in both uh, Maricopa County, Phoenix, and in Pima County, uh, Tucson. Has resulted in all sorts of changes and improvements uh, to election procedures there, and uh, and for the ability for citizens to oversee their own elections. Yeah, he's been, uh, like you said, indefatigable. Just. Everywhere that he turns up, he gets changes. He gets things going. And uh, he drives election officials nuts uh, by insisting that they follow the rule of law, taking them to court when they don't. Uh, Frankly, we could use a few thousand John Brakey's at this point (laughs) across the country. Uh, Alabama may not know what they're in for with John headed their way. Hurricane Uh, John headed your way. Yeah, we will see. Uh, You can, by the way, you can uh, check out his film. I think it's available now. 
uh, on the Internet about that fight in uh, that years long fight for uh, election integrity in that 2006 race down in Pima County, uh, Arizona. The film is called Fatally Flawed. Just look up Fatally Flawed movie on the Internet. I think you can watch it for free at this point. Great documentary. All right. Quick break. And we're back with the Green News Report and Desi Doyen. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Hey, this is Brad. Remember me, the guy who was warning you about Donald Trump from the day he entered the race, when the rest of the U.S. media were telling you his candidacy was a joke, that he'd never win, and that Hillary Clinton had it in the bag. We told you otherwise from the beginning and up until Election Day. Well, we may have been right, but we still don't have corporate or foundational support. We still rely on you to stay on your public airwaves. Please stop by bradblog.com slash donate to support the work that Desi Doyen and I do every day. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thank you. Somebody, please stop it. Please (laughs) just stop the world. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. We are now, uh, this is the second time in two months, Des, that uh, these wind-driven fires are tearing through California, California communities. Last last, uh, month or so, it was up in Northern California. Now it's down here in Southern California near Ventura, where, as we noted at the top of the show, uh, well, we're now at some 70, and uh, actually uh, nearly 80 square miles uh, in Ventura County uh, in these just amazing wildfires, explosive uh, wildfires. Yes, and, and it's a huge, huge amount of land that has been chewed through, and it's threatening the, the historic coastal town of Ventura. Very sad. Uh, California Governor Jerry Brown has declared yet another state of emergency uh, for all of this. Well, I'm sure we will be covering it in uh, ensuing days and in ensuing Green News reports. But for now, speaking of chewing through lands, our latest Green News report. These actions will modify the National Monuments designations of both Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante. Trump rolls back federal protections for two national monuments in Utah. He doesn't even have enough respect to go visit those lands. Native American tribes and conservation groups file suit to stop him. Republican tax bill slashes renewable energy. Plus, investment firm warns cities address climate risks or you'll be downgraded. All of those uplifting downgrades straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. I hope you all get coal in your stocking this year. In fact, tonight's show is brought to you by coal. Coal, it's hard oil, I think. (laughs) This is your Green News Report.
Okay, Desi Doyen, Donald Trump is taking an unprecedented action to roll back presidential declarations by his predecessors? Yes, President Donald Trump on Monday announced the largest rollback of protected lands in the history of the nation. At an event in Utah, Trump signed a presidential proclamation cutting two million acres out of two national monuments designated for special protection by President Obama and President Bill Clinton. He shrunk the size of Bears Ears National Monument by 85% and Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument by 45%. In a strong dose of Orwellian doublespeak, Trump claimed that removing protections will protect the land. Our precious national treasures must be protected, and they, from now on, will be protected. So in removing the protection for the land to allow things like mining and drilling on it, Donald Trump is telling these people that he is protecting their land. That's exactly right. His move means that these two monuments, which are big tourism draws due to their spectacular beauty and outdoor recreation opportunities, he will now open up those lands to mining, logging, and drilling, and leave tens of thousands of Native American ruins, artifacts, and petroglyphs unprotected from looters. Mm. Regional Native American tribes had carefully worked for decades to secure federal protection for those areas. Navajo Nation President Russell Bagaye called it, quote, a sad day in Indian country and a sad day for Americans, noting that the government had already, quote, taken millions of acres of my people's land. Within hours, Native American tribes and environmental groups filed suit to stop those cuts. On MSNBC, Navajo Nation Attorney General Ethel Branch said the Trump administration did not consult with regional Native American tribes, as they claimed. He doesn't even have enough respect to go visit those lands and visit with the people who live in that community community or the sovereign nations that call those lands their homelands. They think that talking to one Native American person, uh, one Navajo person, constitutes consultation with the Navajo Nation, and he's gravely mistaken. The legal battle to come could very well alter the course of American land conservation and open up other cherished protected lands for development. I wonder how the Republicans' stolen U.S. Supreme Court will ultimately decide. The massive Republican tax cut bill that was rushed to passage in the U.S. Senate late night on Friday must still be reconciled with the House version. But both versions take aim at the renewable energy industry and consumers by rolling back industry tax credits for large-scale utility, wind and solar projects, and harming consumers by killing the $7,500 federal electric vehicle tax credit that helps average Americans purchase non-polluting electric cars. But Republicans kept the fossil fuel industry's billions in annual permanent tax breaks. Those are fine. And those are permanent. As Republicans continue to pick winners and losers by picking oil and coal and dirty energy over clean energy. Meanwhile, Bloomberg News reports that China has announced it is extending its electric vehicle tax rebate for consumers. Finally, global investment giant Moody's has a stark warning for U.S. cities. Address your climate risks or we will downgrade your bonds. Moody's Investor Service says it will now factor the cost of climate change impacts into its credit ratings for state and local bonds because governments that don't actively prepare for rising sea levels and more frequent extreme weather disasters are at much greater risk of default. Moody's Managing Director Lenny Jones said, quote, if you're exposed, 
We know that. We're going to ask questions about what you're going to do to mitigate that exposure, and that's taken into your credit ratings. But the Trump administration just made that more difficult on Monday, disbanding a multi-agency panel created by President Obama that was supposed to help cities prepare critical systems and infrastructure for resilience against the impacts of climate change. Incredible that we have to rely on corporate credit bureaus to try to push states and cities to do the right thing, since our president will only do the opposite. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us, follow us, and share us worldwide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyne. And this has been your Green News Report. So give some credit where it's due. Give props to you know who, you know who. Give credit where it's due. Hey. Oh, it drives me crazy that we have to rely on a uh, corporate the credit bureau financial form uh, firm to uh, enforce, to try to enforce uh, some of the concerns about uh, climate change, global warming, including the fires that are burning up California once again today. Yeah, but one city sustainability manager here in California who was quoted, uh, she said that this is really a good thing because when people have to look far ahead to make these changes, mm-hmm. they're less likely to do so. This money will help give them that motivation. Give them the incentive yeah. to take action. Well, yeah. somebody's got to. Yeah, I had a quick follow-up to uh, to Trump changing those national yeah. monuments, Bears Ears, and Grand Staircase Escalante. Because, you know, as if he hasn't already done enough, uh, today Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke released a new draft proposal to affect eight more national monuments. We'll have more on that in our next Green News report. You said eight more national? Eight more. And uh, so you're going to hear a lot of false rhetoric about these changes. Like one of the things that uh, Trump had said in his speech in Utah was that somehow this monument status keeps people from hunting and grazing cattle. And this is not true. This is really just not true. What? Yeah. The only thing it prevents is new drilling, new mining, and new fracking operations. (sighs) Yep. It's all going to get a lot worse before it begins to get better, I'm afraid. But we uh, we press on. Thank you very much to Desi Doyen, our producer. To my guest today, John Brakey of Audit AZ. And, of course, to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show or any other, you can, as ever, download it for free anytime at bradblog.com. You can drop me email as well if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the Brad Blog. My thanks, uh, as ever, especially now, to those of you who stop by bradblog.com slash donate uh, to support us any way you can before the end of the year. It is greatly appreciated. That's bradblog.com slash donate. Thanks to those of you who have already stopped by there. It is uh, greatly appreciated. All right, that's it. Until we meet again tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Don't give some credit where it's due. I'll see you